Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Norse and Germanic traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, this episode features violence and depictions of war. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Loki sat in his throne room in Jotunheim. Shining black marble floor tiles ran the entire length. The walls were dark metal, save for one massive window that looked out onto the cosmos. The only piece of furniture in the room was the throne itself. It was a simple black chair, its design angular and elegant. On it sat a figure in a crisp red and gray suit. Loki, the deceiver. His scarred gray face stared out at the world tree, his black eyes calm and vaguely sad. He thought of the war, of the Ragnarok he had started. I will never stop. Not until I have remade the world tree. (sighs) If only I could pull one last prank on Thor before killing him, for old time's sake. There was a flash of green light as his daughter, Hel, arrived behind him. She bowed low, her green robes touching the floor, her dead right limbs dangling uselessly at her side. I have done it, father. I have found that which you seek. Good work, daughter. Your cleverness astounds even me. What finally broke him? An image of Althumbla, the primordial cow. Her milk rotting just as it reached his infant's lips. (laughs) Hmm, kinky. Give me the coordinates. Hell reached beneath her robes with her good hand and produced a swirling red orb. Loki's eyes glimmered greedily as he took it from her. He moved to the window and lifted it into the sky. It began to glow white hot as it traveled out into the stars, growing until it resembled a flaming sun hanging in the blackness of space. My victory is finally at hand. We will revel in your glory! Loki walked forward into the flames, and on the other side, unlimited power awaited. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our second episode in our three-part series on Ragnarok, the twilight of the gods. Last week, we had a mythology first. We traveled to the distant future to a war-torn Earth under attack from the invading forces of Loki. As the apocalypse drew nearer, an alliance of gods, dwarves, elves, and even some giants searched the cosmos for the only god who could save them, 
Odin, the long-lost ruler of Asgard. With time running out, their last hope of finding the Allfather lay with Odin's last living descendant, a half-god, half-human soldier named Vithar. When we left them, Vithar had no idea where to find his ancestor, but as he comes face to face with God Emperor Thor, he will have to think of something. Coming up, we'll see what the war has done to the kingdom of the gods. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Blueberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Vithar squinted through the blinding light of the portal before him. The brilliant rainbow beams silhouetted a hulking figure. His limbs were like tree trunks, and he clutched an odd, square hammer in his right hand. As Vithar's eyes adjusted, he realized who this was. It was God Emperor Thor, the current ruler of Asgard, and by extension, all the universe. Thor glowered at the horizon, his piercing blue eyes watching for any sign of movement from the caves Vithar's party had just escaped from. But the rubble did not stir. Thor had used his lightning to successfully trap the world serpent in the ruined dwarven realm of Nidavellir. <sighs> I really am going to have to kill that thing one of these days. Papa! The handsome son of Thor raced forward, gripping forearms with his father. Magni, it warms my heart to see you safe. Though I also see you have lost a few of your number. Wait... Where is Thialfi? We had to flee Alfheim. Thialfi stayed behind to cover our escape. He has fallen? I should have come sooner. Heimdall and I tried to keep track of you, but there are so many fronts. We must have missed. It's all right, Father. He was brave in the end. He was always brave. Who is this with you? This is Vithar. He is the descendant of Odin that you sent us to find. We thought you might know what to do next. Vithar shifted uncomfortably under Thor's gaze. He felt small in his tactical vest and helmet, as if he were being stared down by the sun itself. His rifle seemed like a toy next to Thor's hammer. Hmm, a human offspring of Odin. Well, I suppose that makes us brothers of a sort, doesn't it? Vithar just stared blankly, not knowing what to say. Why does he not answer? That's another strange thing. He can't speak. Freya isn't sure why. This snapped Vithar out of his trance. He lifted his wrist computer, typing in, I have always been this way. I see. Well then, come. We should not leave the portal open. Loki's spies are always watching. Magni and Vithar motioned to the rest of their party. 
Freya, Skathi, Leosa, and the surviving dwarves gratefully left the land of Nidavellir and entered into Asgard. They stumbled out of the portal and onto the Rainbow Bridge. The realm stretched before them, an impossible golden landscape. On the horizon was Valhalla. Before that were the endless fields, crisscrossed by rivers of clouds. Vithar looked out at the fields, dotted with military tents. He saw the goddess Iduna herself treating the wounded with bites from her apples, and he saw several effervescent human spirits fresh from the battlefield. They marveled at their new forms, holding their translucent hands up to their faces. Vithar felt a pang of sorrow as he remembered that his own unit would not be coming to Asgard. They had been slain by Hel and taken to her bleak realm. Though the fields were endless, the party arrived at the palace with magical speed. The Valkyries lowered the drawbridge and welcomed their god-emperor home. Heroes! You deserve a rest. Go to your chambers and try to sleep or eat something. I would spend some time alone in the throne room with our new relative. Understood, father. Before he left, Magni turned and clasped Vithar on the shoulder. Be warned, Vithar. Paradise is no true paradise at all, but a place where the dead and immortals sit in eternal stasis, unable to grow or change. All the better for you to have lived on Midgard than wallowed here. Come with me, Vithar, son of Odin. I have much to show you. The throne room of Valhalla had been transformed into a command center. There was a tactical display table at the center of the chamber. It glowed with a three-dimensional representation of the World Tree. You see that golden armored god over there? That's Heimdall, guardian of the gods. Beside him is Kvasir, the wisest of all creatures. Yes, I know he's just a severed head, don't stare. Let us continue across the room. We'll have more privacy by the window. Thor led Vithar away from the table to Odin's window, a portal that looked out onto the world tree. It was unlike anything Vithar had seen before, an infinite horizon of worlds. But Vithar found that if he concentrated hard enough, he could view each one as if it were right before his eyes. My father used to spend hours at this window, looking out at the cosmos. The realms were beautiful then before the Deceiver's War. Vithar typed into his computer, I don't know where Odin is. I'm sorry. Oh, but I think you do. Many eons ago, my father hung himself from the World Tree. He wanted to better understand his own nature, to gain wisdom. There was a time when the very concept eluded us. While hanging there, he learned who and what he was. In many ways, he is the universe. Conversely, Loki is chaos. He causes the death of my half-brother, Baldur. He births more chaos in the goddess Hel, the wolf Fenrir, 
and the snake Jormungandr. And we always punish him by trapping him beneath the earth. Vithar was surprised to hear this. You imprisoned him? He typed. <sighs> it... It was supposed to be different this time. Father had made small changes here and there. He even forgave Loki after Baldur's death. But then, Father left. We looked everywhere, but after a while, somebody had to take charge. I tried my best to rule as my father intended. I tried to forgive Loki, to show him a better way. But he wouldn't listen. His heart was already full of hate. Well, it has been a long eternity anyway, and I am out of ideas. It's up to you, Vithar. Vithar blinked in surprise. He angrily mashed his keypad, typing, You're the God Emperor. You don't get to be out of ideas. You fix this. Vithar, I know it's a lot to ask, but I believe you have the only thing that can help us. I mentioned that my father wasn't always the god of wisdom. He sired my siblings and I before he went on his wisdom quest. You are the only descendant of a child sired after that journey. It's there, the wisdom, inside of you. It will lead you to him if you let it. Vithar considered this. He turned to the window, looking out onto the cosmos. He saw giants and humans fighting. He saw the frosts of Jotunheim and the green mists of hell. It was that deathly glow that most seemed to call to him. Suddenly, his vision swirled with strange images. He saw Hell on her throne, gazing down at a strange old man in a pointed hat. Vithar had seen the man before in another vision, just as the giants attacked Alfheim. He'd nearly forgotten. This new vision continued. He saw the man bound and tortured deep within Hell. The hat was gone. Vithar could see his face now. He had long gray hair and a black hole where his right eye should be. Vithar was stunned. Thor had been right. Odin's wisdom had passed on to him, along with all of his memories. He typed out, Odin is in hell, but how could I know this? This must have happened after I was born. Time is an illusion that fools all but a few. Vithar and the others turned to see that Freya had joined them. Odin knows all. If you have his wisdom, you can see all his memories, past, present, and future. Thank you for joining us, stepmother. Vithar tells us that Odin is in hell. Impossible. I have searched there before. Perhaps the goddess Hell has him bound deep within her, obscuring his location. Vithar's head was starting to spin again. He typed out, What do you mean, within her? I thought Hel was Loki's daughter. Hel is unique among our kind. She is a creature as well as a place. To be in Helheim is to be within her. Aye, and if we must go there to free Odin, then we are in grave danger indeed. Indeed. 
Coming up, Vithar goes to hell. Hello, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may know us from the very creepy and excellent podcast Red Handed, but now we've teamed up with Parcast for an unprecedented look at history's most nefarious groups. Some preach extreme religious practices, others warn of impending doom, and then there are those whose endgame is far more diabolical. Every Tuesday on Sinister Societies, we take a peek behind the curtain and discover the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Learn how entrepreneurial sects made fortunes off their brand, how charismatic cult leaders caught the eye of celebrities, and why strange orders of the extraterrestrial or collegiate kind attract the most unlikely of followers. Some groups convene in the shadows, others operate in plain sight, all are absolutely sinister. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story. It was a dark night in the bleak swamps of hell. They were all dark nights. No moon shone here, nor any stars. That made the sudden opening of a magic portal all the more astonishing. Vithar, son of Odin, stepped through the portal with Freya, goddess of magic, and Thor, god of thunder. He surveyed the surroundings. There were no frogs in the mud, nor insects in the air. The trees were made of sharp metal, and there was no breeze to make them sway. They were here to find Odin, the god who'd been missing for eons. Vithar, his most recent descendant, had seen a vision suggesting that Odin was trapped here by Hel, the queen of the underworld. She was this realm, death manifested as both a person and a place, which meant that stepping foot here was especially dangerous. As soon as they arrived, Hel became aware of their presence. Where should we begin to look? Uh, how should we begin to look? I do not detect Odin's presence. This world is like a labyrinth, even to me. What about you, Vithar? Any ideas? Vithar looked around. He saw the metal trees, the purple mud. It all felt familiar. A new memory of Odin's flashed before his eyes. He saw a winding road, a small cottage, a woman inside. He reached down to his wrist computer, typing out, this way. It was a strange sensation, walking in a place he had never been, yet knowing exactly where to go. With each step, Vithar grew more confident. Soon, he turned a corner and saw the cottage from his vision. Thor and Freya stopped beside him. That's where Odin is? Unlikely. I still cannot sense him. Vithar wasn't sure, but something drew him forward. He proceeded cautiously toward the cottage, with Thor and Freya following close behind. As his hand touched the door, he had the overwhelming sensation that he had done this before, many, many times. He pushed it open, 
It's empty. I told you. If my husband was here, I would have sensed. Vithar waved the gods to silence. He raised his rifle, aiming into the woods. As the trio waited, the unmistakable sound of footsteps grew closer. Vithar's finger hovered over the trigger as a figure rounded the bend. A man was coming down the path toward the cottage. He walked with his head down, hands in his pockets, arms close at his sides. He was not young or old. Brown hair fell in long strands past his face, mingling with his unkempt beard. A leather eye patch covered his right eye. The man took no notice of the gods, but kept coming towards them. Vithar was about to fire a warning shot when Freya swept past him toward the stranger. It's you, Odin, my husband. What are you doing here? What are you saying, Freya? He's much too young. Oh, I see it. The young Odin kept coming, pushing past Freya without even looking at her. He stepped to the entrance of the cottage, and though it was open, rapped on the doorframe. Hello, it's me, Grimer. We have an appointment. Please let me in. There's... I think there's someone after me. How does he not see us? Vithar shrugged, turning to Freya. I... I do not know. He must be under some kind of spell. Not just any spell, my spell. Vithar, Thor, and Freya turned. Hel, queen of the underworld, stood in the clearing, eyeing them with a delighted smile. Villainous, have at thee! Hold, Thor! Hell, there is no need for violence. Release my husband and no harm will befall you. <laughs> you are not in Asgard anymore, silly queen. This is my domain. It is me, and I am it, which means I make the rules. I decide who comes and goes. And I've already made up my mind about the three of you. Hell raised a hand. No! Freya lunged, too late. Hell snapped her fingers. Vithar blinked as he awoke from his nap. The sun was setting, shining directly into his eyes. He sat up from the daybed, yawning and stretching his arms. He got up and walked over to the window. The vineyard looked beautiful in the September sun. It was paradise. He could see his wife picking grapes along with a few of the farmhands. The children were playing in front of the barn, chasing their great Pyrenees around the yard. He went to the door and walked down the hall. Entering the kitchen, he began preparations for dinner. He took the dough from the fridge. It had risen nicely. He put it in the oven, then started chopping vegetables for the stew. Maybe I'll make a salad too, he thought. Vithar ate dinner that night with his family. They laughed as his young daughter fed the dog from the table. Later, he returned to his bedroom, his wife in tow. 
They were too tired to make love, so they just held each other, falling asleep to the cool breeze and the sounds of insects through the window. Vithar blinked as he awoke from his nap. The sun was setting, shining directly into his eyes. He sat up from the daybed, yawning and stretching his arms. He got up and walked over to the window. The vineyard looked beautiful in the September sun. It was paradise. He could see his wife picking grapes with a few of the farmhands. The children were playing in front of the barn, chasing their great Pyrenees around the yard. He started to move toward the hallway, but he stopped himself. Odd, he had the feeling he had done this before. But then, a lot of days here were similar. They were always harvesting grapes. But that couldn't be right. Shouldn't the harvest only come at certain times of year? What did they do on other days? How long had they been here? How old were his children? Why was it always late summer? Vithar's vision began to blur. His brow hurt. He fell to his knees, grabbing his head. He desperately wanted the pain to end, but he couldn't stop the flood of questions. This wasn't right. This wasn't real. But it was so nice here. If he could just make the pain go away, maybe he could get back to the vineyard, back to his family. As if in a distant memory, he saw a handsome, golden stranger speaking to him, saying, Paradise is no true paradise at all, but a place where the dead and immortals sit in eternal stasis, unable to grow or change. Paradise. The word echoed inside Vithar's mind as he clutched his throbbing skull. This was no paradise. This was hell. The pain became unbearable. Vithar opened his mouth in a silent scream. He opened his eyes. He was back in the horrible swamp in front of the cottage. His heart sank. There was no vineyard. They were just things he'd read about in books about the ancient past. Earth, his earth was a war-torn wasteland. It had all been a dream, and a part of him wished he had not woken up. Papa, you are proud of me? I, I don't know what to say. Vithar looked to his left. Thor lay sprawled in the dirt, his eyes wide open, a ridiculous smile on his face. Husband, you have returned. I am sorry I left. Let us stay together forever. He looked to the right and saw Freya in a similar state. They were entranced just as he had been. My, my, you are an interesting one. Hel appeared from the forest, dragging her dead limbs behind her. 
Half her face was beautiful, the second half dead and rotting. Green drool dripped from the corner of her mouth. A spider crawled from her empty eye socket into the gash where half her nose should have been. Of all the beings in the universe that have come here, only Odin has been able to break my spell. (laughs) I sense you have his blood. You share his power. Vithar thought about this. If that were the case, surely Freya would be powerful enough to wake up as well. Hell was lying. He thought of the illusion of his false life in the vineyard. It was Magni's words that had shaken him from that dream. All the better for you to have lived on Midgard than wallowed here. That was it. He had never known paradise. Thor and Freya had. His god blood may have allowed him to survive Hell's spell, but it was his life on Earth that snapped him out of it. He had known too much pain. He could never be completely happy, never give himself over fully to joy. He wasn't sure if he should laugh in victory or sob in despair. Instead, he turned away from Hell and sprinted toward the door of the cottage. Vithar leaped through the open door, landing on the dirt floor. Odin lay on the ground before him, single eye open and glassy, still conversing with someone Vithar couldn't see. Hell was coming. Vithar had to think quickly. All he knew was that he had to get Odin out of here, or at least end his suffering. Vithar knew what he would want someone to do for him. He raised his rifle, pointing it at the Allfather. He fired. Immediately, the world around them dissolved in a barrage of colorful light. They were transported to a massive green hall. Infinite rows of stone columns ran from the ground up to an impossibly high ceiling. The columns were adorned with the pain-stricken faces of a million corpses. This was hell, the real hell. Vithar looked to Odin. He seemed unharmed by the shot, but he was changing. His beard grew long and gray, his face wrinkled. A tattered robe fell around his shoulders. A pointed gray hat appeared on the stone next to him. He collapsed into Vithar's arms. Where am I? Where am I? He surprised Vithar, quickly rising to his feet and collecting his hat. Who are you? Odin looked him in the eyes for the first time. Oh, there it is. I see it. You are yet another one of my children. Vithar nodded. Yes, yes, I remember now. The Empress, our plan. Wait, what year is it? He grabbed Vithar's arms, shaking him. Vithar just shook his head. He couldn't reach his wrist computer, and he had no idea what year it was in Asgard time. Ragnarok! The end of the world, boy! Has it happened? Aye, father. For a few centuries now. Odin turned to see Thor rising from his slumber. 
Thor. Oh, disappointment who brings disappointing news. I am older than when we last spoke, father. I could care less if you are proud of me or not. Hmm. Is that so? A great many things have changed in your absence. Odin turned, seeing Freya for the first time. Freak? No, no, you are Freya again. Too wild and free for that Aesir name. The change was necessary to seek you out. Oh, no, I can always tell when you're lying. You did not change just to find me, but to escape the pain. You no longer wish to feel. Freak had her heart broken too many times. Freya has no heart to break. That is where you are wrong, Allfather. Freak is still a part of me, as is her heart. I cannot apologize for hurting her. It is not of my nature. Then do what you were meant to do. Help your children. Continue the plan. The plan? Yes, the plan. Where is the witch? <laughs> After untold millennia, the Allfather is finally free! And all he needed was help from a half-human bastard. Who would have guessed? Silent sorceress! Odin turned to see Hel slinking behind one of the columns. He threw open his cloak, instantly flooding the hall with heavenly light. His eyes darkened as he stretched to a towering height. Did you really think you could ever hold me if I did not wish it? I came here for one purpose only, to learn. What did you learn from hell besides pain? It was the pain that taught me. Pain that helped me understand our enemy. And now I know where he has gone. You liar! You came here looking for your wife, and instead you gave Loki the location of Muspelheim. I extracted it from your memory and brought it to him this morning. Fate often contradicts itself. Almost always, I find. Enough with your riddles! It does not matter. Loki will find the flame of Muspelheim. He will burn the well tree and send you all back to hell! Do not think you will see another night. Try to stop me! They may call you Allfather in Asgard, but here you are still in my realm! You are in me! It is you who forget, sorceress. You may be this realm, but I am the World Tree. Hell looked around her. The walls of her domain had faded away. She saw only flesh, the ancient skin of Odin's hand. She was as a flea, seated in his massive palm. Daughter of Loki, for your sins and crimes, I sentence you to that which was once yours to command. I sentence you to death. Wait, wait, no, no, no wait, I... Ah! Odin closed his palm around hell and squeezed. Then he carelessly wiped her remains on his robe and turned back to the others. 
Vithar felt a rush of emotion. Hell had killed his unit back on Earth. He was glad she was gone. But his joy at her destruction was quickly replaced by terror at the figure of Odin before them. You must travel quickly. Loki's victory is at hand. Where is he, father? On the opposite end of the world tree. Not at its bottom, but the very top. But... But there is nothing there. What do you know, boy? Listen to your father. There is a realm at the top of the world tree. Though nothing lives there, it is a place of death and creation. The realm of fire, from which all things began. Muspelheim. Coming up, our heroes travel to a different sort of hell. Now back to the story. Vithar traveled along the world tree with fellow gods Odin, Freya, and Thor. They were headed to Muspelheim, a world of fire that few beings had ever visited. Vithar saw Thor's brow creased with worry. Father, I do not understand. Why is Loki going to Muspelheim? I thought there was nothing there but fire. Aye, the fire is the point, boy. He aims to bring it down upon all of us. And do not forget the one who dwells there. In Muspelheim, what kind of creature would call that place home? You will see soon enough. Vithar watched Thor out of the corner of his eye. Seeing him next to Odin, the Thunder God seemed just as confused as Vithar felt. But there was no time to ponder this further. Up ahead, a portal opened. In an instant, the four gods were hurtling over the black skies of Muspelheim. Vithar looked down to see the ground rising quickly to greet them. Just before impact, Freya waved her hand, opening a new portal right between them. Thor and Vithar fell through it, tumbling out at a safer angle. They hit the ground and rolled, finally coming to a stop in a heap. Vithar looked up to see Odin and Freya levitating safely above them. Do try and keep up. The All-Father and All-Mother flew forward toward a mountain in the distance, a towering volcano spewing lava and ash. I'm guessing the giant deadly lava mountain is where we're headed. Well, climb on my back, brother. Vithar just shrugged. It was as normal as anything else that had happened in the last few days. He climbed on. Then Thor lifted his hammer, summoning a bolt of lightning. Soon they were traveling apace with Odin and Freya, but they were too late. The top of the volcano exploded, and a massive being rose out of its depths. It was a giant of impossible size. A charcoal beard and knotted hair framed a face of burnt, blackened skin and red, flaming eyes. 
The skin all along its body was also burnt, not so different in appearance from the mountain around it. On its back was a sword, shimmering with white-hot flames. Who is that? It is Surtur, the fire giant from the beginning of creation. Companion to Ymir, Loki has freed him. That fool! I thought Father killed the first giants. I did. Well, most of them. Sultor gave me and my brothers a lot of trouble. I thought it was easier to just lock him up here. You just couldn't be bothered to finish the job? I was busy creating the whole universe, boy. Time was short. Well, now Loki has yet another beast for his army. No. Loki thinks that because Surtur is a fellow giant, he will be an ally. But they share only the name in common. In truth, Surtur is something far beyond Loki's comprehension. Something from before there was a universe. It will seek not a new world tree, but the destruction of all life. We must hurry. Both Thor and Vithar shared a frustrated look, but they followed regardless. The gods climbed the side of the volcano, dodging falling rocks and pyroclastic clouds as they approached the giant Surtur. It was even more terrifying up close. Its charred and peeling skin traveled upwards for miles. Vithar saw its red eyes only from a distance, peering down from among the clouds. Surta, I agreed once to let you live. By my ancient laws, I shall continue to honor that agreement if you return to your mountain at once. See, this is why I created the universe. So I could have someone else to talk to besides this idiot. Father, we must act now. Oh, very well. Ready to strike. On my mark. For Midgard. For Asgard. For Valhalla! In a flash, Thor summoned Mjolnir to his hand and Odin his spear, Gungnir. Freya raced behind them, magic crackling at her fingertips. They hurtled into the sky, weapons and spells pointed at the giant. Vithar raced back behind a rock, using it as cover as he fired shots from his rifle. Surtur unsheathed its blade. The fiery weapon stretched out across half the sky, catching Thor on his side and sending him hurtling back to the ground. Odin and Freya dodged, landing on the giant's face and beginning to attack. Vithar raced to help Thor, but soon saw that he was fine. The god dusted himself off and shook his head. <sighs> Somehow my parents are more fit for battle than me. Tis most embarrassing. Just then, they heard a rumbling and strange chanting coming from the mountain. The mountain burst open once again, this time with a column of fire that shot into the sky. The atmosphere erupted in flame. Loki! He is prepared to sink this realm down into the world tree. We must stop him! Thor! 
Quit dawdling and get your hammer up here! Blast! I must help them. It took three gods to slay Emir, and it will take three gods to slay Surtur. Vithar, you must go into the mountain and stop Loki. Vithar was shocked. I can't do it alone, he typed. I believe in you, Vithar. You saved us in Helheim, and you could save us here. You must. Thor took off, racing back in the direction of the battle. Vithar went the opposite direction, traveling into the volcano. The cave was massive. Magma flowed in rivulets down the side. He could hear Loki's chanting echoing down the hall. He turned a corner and the god of chaos came into view. Arise, flames of Muspelheim, arise! Loki stood before him, imposing in his black armor. He didn't even flinch as the flames erupted around him. But though Vithar was afraid, he remembered that this was the god responsible for his entire brutal life, for everyone he'd ever known dying violently. He raised his rifle and fired a salvo into Loki's back. Loki fell forward, smoke rising from his armor. The spell stopped instantly, and the flames disappeared back into the pit. Vithar moved forward, his rifle still raised. He was surprised the god had gone down so easily. He inched closer, prodding Loki with his foot. Suddenly, Loki whipped around, rising off the ground and batting Vithar's rifle to the side. It clattered down and into the void. He held him by the throat, lifting him up. A human? What are you doing here? Is this the best strike force Thor could muster? Loki brought their faces closer together, staring deeply into his eyes. There it is. A light in your eyes. Only a few have it. You're not just any human, are you? You're Odin's son. <laughs> well, definitely can't let you go on living then, can I? Loki turned, holding Vithar over the black pit where the flames had been moments ago. Outside, Surtur let out an angry roar, reeling with pain. The gods clung to its body, continuing their attack as it stumbled backward into the mountain. Loki and Vithar had no time to react as the mountain came crashing down around them. Everything was red fire as Vithar hurtled into the pit. He saw an endless ocean of lava at the bottom, ready to swallow him. Vithar turned behind him to see a literal mountain of debris, with Loki, Odin, Thor, Freya, and Surtur fighting back and forth in its midst as they fell with him down into the pit below the mountain. 
back into your hole, demon! Odin raised his spear. He glowed with a powerful blue aura. His beard melted off, revealing a smooth young face beneath. His wrinkles faded as his skin shone clear and perfect. His eyes turned to white beams of light and his tattered clothes fell away. He was a perfect, shining being. He had transformed, become something else, just like Freya. He shot forward, a comet against the black sky. Vithar watched as the light that was Odin pierced Surtur's chest and exploded out the other side. Odin slammed into the lava below, sending a ripple through the burning liquid. As the shockwave traveled, it vaporized the lava until all that was left was a sea of smoke. No! The fires! As Loki looked on in horror, he failed to account for the ground rushing up to greet him or the mass amounts of rubble falling behind him. He hit the ground and was instantly buried beneath a mountain of debris. Meanwhile, Freya used her magic to slow Thor and Vithar's fall, keeping them floating in midair while shielding them from the avalanche. They waited there while the debris continued to fall, until finally all was still and silent. Freya lowered them down onto the pile of rock where they found Odin waiting for them. He looked over at a pile of debris where a giant blackened hand stuck out, dangling lifelessly. Surtur was dead. Vithar typed into his wrist computer, is that it? Did we win? Aye, it would seem so. Ragnarok is far from over. Thor and Vithar, sons of Odin. The battle on the field of Vigrithor will still come to pass. Father, are you all right? You seem different. He has changed, as I once did. I am your father Odin no longer, but Odur. Odin was but one aspect of my divinity. Odin had long forgotten how to exist in his primordial state. But seeing Freya helped him remember. He realized that he would need my full power to defeat Sultur. Just as we get you back, you leave us again? You said we must still battle. Will you return to Asgard and help us? No. Our time here is finished. What? You cannot leave your sons to fight alone. Even with Loki dead, his remaining children are quite dangerous. It is not our place. We must fade into the world tree. I was able to maintain my form only until this moment, to serve this purpose. And I used what power I had left to slay the demon. In truth, 
This does not surprise me. You are a terrible father in life. Why should you be any different in death? You have always expected that from Odin which he could not give. I am the god of magic and madness, of battle and leadership. You, Thor, are the god of the storm. But you are something else as well. The god of fatherhood. I am? That is my final gift to you. May the knowledge give you strength to do what is necessary in the coming battle. And to you, Vithar, youngest son of Odin, we use the last of our power to grant you apotheosis. You are now fully a god, with no human weakness. Vithar looked down at his body, a shimmering golden glow spread from his solar plexus across his body. He felt better than he ever had before. Before he was in peak human condition, he rarely felt pain. Now he barely felt his body. It was as if it were made of water. It felt clean and fast, ready to do exactly what he commanded. But though he felt incredible, something troubled him. He remembered Magni's words and the lessons he had learned in hell. Godhood was static. It made it impossible to grow or change. Had he learned enough, challenged himself enough while he was human? It is time. We leave you now. Hope that Odin was able to change events enough so that this cycle, you might achieve victory. Otherwise, we shall meet again. The luminescent figures of Freya and Odor lifted up toward the sky above them. They continued to rise and rise until finally they disappeared into the clouds. I... I do not know what to do now. Before Vithar could respond, there was a rumbling from behind them. A pile of debris shifted, then the rocks exploded outward. Loki emerged unscathed. You actually thought I was dead? <laughs> You're even bigger fools than I took you for. My judgment was clouded by wishful thinking. You may have taken Muspelheim's fire from me, and my daughter, but I still have my sons, Fenrir and Jormungandr. I have the dragon, Neathogar. I have Gama, the beast of hell, and I have scores of giants, my people. It is enough to finish Midgard, and enough to march to Asgard next. I will still destroy the World Tree. This way's just bloodier. It'll be more fun, really. We will stop you, Loki. <laughs> you will try. But you don't have Odin anymore, nor Freya. And this one doesn't look so tough, if I do say so. Vithar lifted his glowing fists, ready to prove Loki wrong. <laughs> oh, you'll get your chance, baby god. But not yet. 
Loki turned, using the magic he learned long ago from Freya, to open a portal back to Jotunheim. See you soon. And with that, he entered the portal and was gone. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. Join us next week as it all comes to a head. The forces of Asgard battle Loki's army for the fate of the universe. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of both iconic and obscure fables. We'll be back Tuesday with the final chapter of this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Greg Castro, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher and Robert Teamstra, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Joe Hernandez, Alastair Murden, Cameron Nicod, and Rebecca Thomas. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You aren't supposed to know about them, unless they want you to. Powerful groups with their own very specific agendas. And if you find yourself on the inside, good luck getting out. Hi, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Join us every Tuesday for our new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. Whether it's doomsday predictions, deadly greed or world domination, Each week, we're exposing the beliefs and actions of the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify.